One of the most devastating things that can happen is hair loss. Too often we deal with this, but we deal with it in silos thinking that it's only happening to us. Well, today, my people, the voices of Black Folk Nation, we have a sister who not only has created a serum to revert this, but went through this herself. So sit back and relax and tune in because this is the Voices of Black Folk podcast. Hello to another amazing episode of the Voices of Black Folk podcast. I'm your host, Will Anu. Y'all, you ever had that little bald spot in the back of your head or you just ever had them little patches that came out of nowhere? Well, today I have the cure for you because I care. And so today I have with us my sister, my friend, somebody that, you know, has been one of um, not only my friend, but my partner and I's closest friends since I got to Philadelphia. So we have with us today, Miss Nia Gibson. And so Nia, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about a little bit about who you are? First and foremost, well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I've been watching your journey and seeing all of the topics you've covered has been pretty, pretty awesome to watch. I am Nia Gibson, as you mentioned. I own a company called Nia Hope and Company, which is a holistic beauty company. I currently sell a hair growth serum that I've been selling for almost four years. January 9th, 2022 will be the fourth year in business. Um, I've sold worldwide, everywhere I could sell on this planet, I have sold my serum. It's a handmade serum from right out of Philadelphia. And I've been helping people grow their hair back. <laughs> mm, that's dope. So I definitely want to dive into the entrepreneurial journey. But before we get there, I just want to learn a little bit about you and, you know, tell us how you got from, you know, a young person to now this entrepreneur, like literally touching every corner of the globe. So for me, I was really, really struggling in my early 20s. I was a young single mom and I really had no clue what, where I wanted to be in life. I knew that I wanted to be successful. I knew the things I like to do. I love to travel. I love to eat. I love to be with my friends. But the way kind of life was flowing for me at the time, I had no idea how to even access the tools I needed to become the person of my dreams, right? And so I went to school and I jumped from major to major and settled on early childhood education. And once I got to Chestnut Hill College, which was the last college I went to, I realized that I didn't want to do that either. And so there was this huge shift and there was a lot of inner turmoil with that because it's like, if you are in school and you don't know what you want to do in school anymore mm-hmm. and you're also not equipped with any types of certs or degrees to get a corporate job, what are you doing with yourself? And I wasn't trying to set myself up for failure. And so um, I went through, I actually fasted. I fasted, I remember, um, I wanna say it was like Lenten season 2012 or 13. And I spent that time giving back because I was like, I don't, really have anything to give um, career-wise because as I said I didn't have a degree I didn't I had my associates but I didn't have like a higher education degree my four-year degree Um, I didn't have any certifications and I was like I'm going to take this time to give back to those in need and spend time in prayer and figuring out what I needed to do 
And during that time, I was afforded the opportunity to work um, as a social media manager for two different companies. One was for a well-known black celebrity chef who had won a lot of things on Food Network. And one was for this woman who owned two businesses out of New York. And so I was managing three different social medias at the time. And it was something that I loved because I grew up, I feel like on social media from MySpace days to like fake coding on MySpace. Not MySpace now, <laughs> yes. top five. A super throwback. <laughs> and then of course, Facebook. I told your age, girl. Kids was Listen. like, what's MySpace? MySpace, my, listen, MySpace was what started it all. And so that kind, I never would have known that that was going to be the foundation for a lot of things for me in a lot of ways, but it turned into that. And so because I was working social media for them, I actually applied for a job um, when I was working at the bookstore, mm. you know? And so when I went in for the job, they actually were like, well, we see this on your resume. Can you manage our social media? And I said, of course I can. They had never had one before. So I kind of like was really excited to step into that role. Um, and so because of that, I was able to learn social media and kind of like the psychology behind social media in a way that I hadn't like specifically tried to study before, but I did it because it was my job to. And from that, in, in the midst of that, I was also building my YouTube platform. Mm -hmm. And on YouTube, I focus on creating natural hair content, just how to take care of your natural hair, how to style your natural hair. So I essentially was creating like a, a social media portfolio through YouTube. I was like the first um, entrepreneurial venture I had was through YouTube. And um, as that began to grow and grow and grow, I feel like there was a confidence that came with that, that I didn't have before when I was kind of like, I don't have a degree, I don't have a certification, I don't really have a place in the world. And it was exactly what I needed at the exact moment I needed it until I started losing my own hair. <laughs> so this one day, I will never forget this day, I was on the phone and I was in a bathroom that had like two mirrors, you know, one in front mm -hmm. and one behind. And I just happened to look up at the top of my hair and realized I was balding in my mm. crown area. And for so many reasons, my heart's not, I, nobody wants to find out they bald and nobody wants to look up and say, hey, my hair is gone and I don't know how to get it back or why it's going, right? And so my immediate reaction was to go a holistic route because with anything in my life, I don't, even with my acne, I used to have horrible acne and I tried dermatologists that prescribed me so much stuff that didn't work and it actually caused more harm than help. And I self-healed holistically. And I said, I don't want this to be any different. I'm going to try a holistic method of growing my hair back. And if all else fails, I will eventually go to a doctor, but that was my first mind. And so from that, I just did a deep dive into Google University um, and was reading a lot of peer reviewed articles about oils that had been proven, tested and proven to actually help your hair grow, to strengthen hair you already have, um, and essentially just create an environment on your scalp that's healthy. And a healthy scalp usually breeds healthy hair, right? And so from that, I picked, selected a few oils that I really felt like, okay, I, can, I could see the science behind it. Seeing the science was huge for me. 
And I'm gonna just gonna make an oil blend is what I call it. Like I'm just gonna mix these oils up. I'm gonna use it faithfully every day for a month and see what happens. Because one thing that I did know, even before my, my I lost my hair, um, just as somebody in the natural hair space, mm-hmm. um, I knew rates of hair growth. So I knew within a month, my hair personally grows almost like a half an inch. For most people, you're gonna grow some amount of hair. So I knew within those three to four weeks, I'm gonna see something if this works. And so I use this oil blend and use it twice a day. And within a month, my bald spot and the thinning areas were starting to grow in. Whereas Mm. the weeks before where I was doing absolutely nothing but hoping and praying, (laughs) there was no growth at all, right? And the beauty behind having a YouTube platform in the midst of this was that I was able to share my story. Mm. Much like podcasts, I feel like, are very, can be very healing and inspiring because you can share experiences with people and also learn from them in their response. So my mom encouraged me to actually make a YouTube video, just stating to my following at the time that I was losing hair. Like if you guys stop seeing me posting videos forever, it's because I have no hair to work with anymore. I at least Mm. wanted to make that announcement. And my demographic on YouTube is mainly Black women, Black women between the ages of like 18, 34, right? And I was blown away, well, blown away by the response to that Mm. initial video where so many women, Black women, young Black women were like, I'm dealing with the same thing. Wow. I'm dealing with the same exact issue. I hope you find, I'm praying for you. I know how devastating it can be. And it was so much love and support that I wasn't ready for. I was just so embarrassed. I, I, mm. I don't know why I was thinking that people would be like pointing and laughing. So I think I was just like shocked by the support that came out of like sharing the fact that I was going through something on my mm-hmm. head and had no idea where it was coming from. But it made it that much better when I was able to come back and say, hey guys, like I grew my hair back and this is what I used to grow it back. Mm. And my initial plan was to really just make a couple of bottles. Like mm. I, I just said, okay, well, I see that whatever, like I got 40 responses of women in, that just commented and said, I'm doing the same, I'm dealing with the same thing. And I said, you know, I would love to be able to ship these women these same 40 women, the bottle mm-hmm. that helped grow my hair mm-hmm. back to see if it works for them as well. And so I went over to Etsy and I just created an account. It's really, really easy. It's like making an Instagram account except you can just sell stuff on it. And I was preparing to just sell those bottles to my demographic. Now, once again, I feel like that's the key is I was so focused on my, my current subscribers at that time mm-hmm. that I was completely oblivious to the reach Mm. that sharing this story could have, completely oblivious. So when I came back, really in my mind, I created this video for those, let's say 40 women. That's not Mm. an exact number, but I'm just thinking about the women who commented on that video. And I really had them in mind. And I just wanna say, hey, I grew my hair back. And if you ladies would like to buy it, it's on Etsy. Mm -hmm. And so when I created this video and I showed my results, it went worldwide. It wasn't mm. just young black women watching. It was young black men watching it and young black, oh, young white men watching it and young white women watching it and older people and even not, not so much younger, but definitely older people as well. 
And so I started touching all these demographics on YouTube that I don't typically touch just mm -hmm. based upon the contact the content that I typically put out. And on my launch week, I sold out of all of, I want to say I made 70 or 80 bottles. That's what I made. I said, I'm going to have a certain amount for the women I think will buy right now. And then I'll have a bunch left over so that if they buy again a couple months later, I'll have it already ready. Mm -hmm. It sold out um, within 10 days mm. and completely shocked me. And I started, my email started getting bombarded. Oh my gosh, when are you going to have more? When are you going to have more? Mm. And so I opened it and extended it to have 20, 200 um, bottles available mm -hmm. and that sold out. Wow. And so how I, how I structured my opening of my business was just, you know, you buy now and I'll ship it later. So my launch day was January 9th. I was planning on of 2018 and I was planning on shipping everything out February 1st of 2018. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually following even within that, because once again, I really was not looking at it as, oh, this is going to be some amazing business. I really, I was just like, let me just get to these couple of subscribers. And that was it. And unbeknownst to me, I was following a marketing strategy in which, you know, there's no real upfront cost. So I think I spent less than $300 to start my business off. And everything else just came in from those sales of people who bought. And then with that, I was able to get the materials to create the products for them mm -hmm. and ship it out. And so the next month I was like, let me just start with 200 bottles. And that sold out in less than a week. And I started getting wow. those emails again. So I kept upping and upping and upping and upping my inventory and kept selling out. And I want to say that it was March of 2018 so it was like three months into my business I was mm -hmm. talking to one of my friends who was helping me at the time and he was like see what happens if you put a thousand units on mm -hmm. your set and I go was like go home right right and I, I was actually terrified because I was well I was really overwhelmed I mm. was not prepared for the demand by mm. any means mm -hmm. I went from thinking I might sell 80 bottles in the next six months to at that point I had sold over a thousand wow. by by that third month mm -hmm. and so I put a thousand units up on the website and within three weeks it all sold out wow and that's when I was like what is happening <laughs> like what is going on all right, stop real quick. Stop real quick. I, I, I want to get back here, but I don't want to lose this point. So let's let's rewind just a little bit. So, you know, one thing that I heard from your story was vulnerability, right? Being vulnerable right. enough to share a story like that on a social media site that, you know, and we know scrutiny on social media, we know um, uh, bullying. But one thing that we often don't realize is a lot of the issues that we're dealing with, a lot of other people are dealing with it. And you mentioned something that really stuck out to me. Pre, uh, prior to this conversation, I was telling you about my health and my fitness journey, because you have people that have tried a litany of different uh, programs, whether it's um, the Atkins diet or whether it's um, Herbalife or this and the third, but they always get back to it. But you created something, not necessarily that you, you, it's something that I really want to point out that I, I just took from that. You created a solution to a problem that you had. 
and now the solutions to that problem is helping so many other people reach their um uh, fix their problems and so before we get to like the expanded growth i really want to talk about you know growing that growing that youtube following and being like wowed at how many people you were touching talk about what that feeling was like talk about what that that experience during that time like so just go back in time a little bit and just tell our listeners a little bit about you know what were you feeling throughout the duration of that so while building my youtube platform especially Actually back then, and I'm talking about, I, I put out my first video sometime, I want to say in 2014. Mm-hmm. And that year, I might have put out like three videos. It wasn't consistent. It wasn't mm-hmm. all the time. And the following year, I kind of, you ever have one of those years where a fire is just lit under your ass and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm just super motivated and goal oriented. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to really, really try to see what I can do with this platform. And my goal was to help. I had already been helped by so many other Black women in the natural Mm -hmm. hair space on YouTube. And I was like, I feel like I have unique insight, unique strategies towards Mm -hmm. dealing with um, managing and taking care of your natural hair that I haven't seen yet that I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so I... really it almost felt like a calling i felt called to be that voice and the responses i got back only for me made me feel like i was on the right track i Mm. would get messages from moms like oh my goodness my daughter who's struggling with her natural hair and her her natural texture and she wanted to get a perm but i had her watch her videos and now she loves her natural hair she wants to try this style and this style Mm -hmm. um and then some te- some techniques that I had learned in my own time with how to do certain styles faster. Because I think one of the biggest things that uh, Black women in particular talk about when it comes to our natural hair is manageability. Like if it's gonna take me all day to do my hair, wh- like why is that a thing? Mm-hmm. So my goal was like, how can you make this cute and easy and also be a healthy alternative to some of like the over manipulation that we can do to our hair. Mm -hmm. And so kind of just like going back to what I said, it was like in pumping out these videos and getting more consistent with it. And the response I got back from my viewers that were saying like, this is helping me and this is exactly how it's helping me. And knowing that that was my intent for this video to be this type of help. it was, it was felt beautiful. Like, Mm. it just felt like, okay, I'm really living exactly um, how I'm supposed to be in this moment. And it gave Mm. me a lot of purpose. I think I mentioned before, it gave me a lot of confidence within myself. Mm -hmm. um, Because I feel like as soon as you're honoring kind of like your life's path, whatever that might be, and whatever that might look like, Mm there is a piece that comes with that. Mm. And there's, um, you're kind of like, okay, like, I, I don't need anything else. I'm good where I am. And mm-hmm. I like the the thoughts of I'm, I'm not where I'm supposed to be or who I'm supposed to be or measuring up to a certain thing because I hadn't finished my degree mm-hmm. and I wasn't working in corporate America. All of those kind of fears, honestly, started to melt away because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't have to do this thing that I feel like everybody else is doing to be successful in my own right Mm. and so as I was building my YouTube it was like it was an emotional 
experience, but in the best way possible. Mm. And I was doing it. I love, I've, I've always been an artist. I love creating. And so mm-hmm. it just became a space where I could create. When I was in elementary school, I loved going to art classes. Um, and I didn't have that outlet as an adult. So YouTube became that outlet. I couldn't wait to get off of work, to go mm. set up my filming equipment, write out scripts, figure out exactly what points I wanted to talk about and film and then go edit the video. I love the whole process of creating mm. YouTube videos. So all around, all across the board, it was such an, and still is an enjoyable experience. That's amazing. So all right, back. let's get back to the exponential growth. <laughs> let's talk about that. So yeah, t- so you, you put out those, your friend was like, you know, we've been putting out a couple hundred, they've been selling out put out a thousand and see what happens. And within a couple of weeks, they're gone. Within three weeks, it was sold out. And Mm. I was so blown away, but at the same time I was exhausted. So I'm not somebody who gets sick often, but Mm. I was so stressed that I got the flu for the first time in my life that that year. And I remember I had to put operations on hold and I was like, none of this is worth my help. Mm. And I was actually, even after that amazing month, I was super close to just saying, well, that was fun. I'm going to shut this down. Mm. That's how stressed out I was. And literally the same day I had that thought and was thinking about how I could do this. I got my first before and after picture emailed to me and attached with it was a message like, oh my gosh, thank you. I've had this bald spot for xyz amount of time and i tried all right so we're back me you were telling us um where oh yeah so i i took some time off um and it was when i got that email saying um just basically how appreciative they were to have finally found a product that worked for them after using so many products that didn't work and didn't Mm -hmm. help their balding and their thinning hair and i was like i have to keep going Mm -hmm. There's a reason why this happened to me. And I love that quote where it's like a setback is a setup for something greater. Mm-hmm. And I really looked at in the moment, obviously, when I saw this balding on my head, I was like, this is a huge setback. Mm-hmm. But it set me up for something I could have never even fathomed, something mm-hmm. that I would have never even tried to do. I would have never tried to create a hair growth product if I never experienced hair loss myself. That Mm. would have never been something I wrote down in like a vision board, like one day I'm gonna do this. And so I was like, I feel like there is a reason and getting that email, I feel like was God's way of saying, no, you're on the right track and you're doing this for a very specific reason Mm. to help heal people. And I had this moment actually a few months ago where I was thinking about my childhood aspirations and I wanted to be a pediatric surgeon. I was Mm. like, I really wanted, I knew I wanted to help heal people as a child. And I was always kind of like fascinated by, by like those types of shows that you'll see where somebody's like going into surgery and how they help them. And I was like, I want to be that person that helps them that like, I cured that thing that nobody else could cure. And I was like, I'm not that pediatric surgeon today. So I really felt as though receiving that 
or no, actually we were talking about um, healing. So I, I realized, as I said, a couple months ago, I realized that I was still doing what I felt called to do as a child in first and second grade, just not in the exact same way. But I, it was, it was kind of like a, wow, like God is funny how he still makes things happen. Like the mm. intent to be a healer is what I had become. Mm. And it, I feel like it had, it's really manifested in my life in twofold, A, through my business where I have my hair growth serum, which has helped restore so many people's hair across the globe but also through my YouTube videos where I focus on natural hair styling and maintenance that I've even there. And then within that space, been able to be of a help to people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that to me is everything. I did not ever, like, I, I want to make sure that before I leave this earth, I am able to tap the one or two people I'm supposed to tap to mm -hmm. make their lives better in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And I feel like between my business and between YouTube, I have been able to tap those one or two people in the ways that feel meaningful to me and also feel divine in the sense that I feel like I'm doing what God sent me here to do, mm -hmm. right? So it, I, it just feels very beautiful. It's a lot of hard work, Lord Jesus. There's <laughs> so much hard work. But at the end of the day, it's so worth it because since that first email where I got my first before and after picture, I've gotten more before and after pictures. Mm -hmm. And then I've just gotten testimonials, people who mm -hmm. just love the serum. Some people use it and they don't even have hair loss. They just love it because it moisturizes their hair really well. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just love it, love that I've created product, especially it feels a little bit more personal because it is handmade, mm -hmm. a lot more personal. I should actually say that as opposed to just having a generic thing drop shipped or something like that. Mm -hmm. It feels very personal to me when I create a package and just a couple weeks ago, I shipped out 10 bottles to um, a woman in Zambia or Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. And so I remember just like, I, I do essentially everything by myself. And so I, when I'm going through my orders, I can see customers' names and I can see where I'm shipping off to. So when I saw Zimbabwe, I was like, something I just made right here in my home office, I'm shipping across the globe to a country I have never seen, mm. to a continent I have never touched. Mm. And somebody somehow saw me, heard about me and my company and this product I make and decided to invest in me and buy it. And that's where I'm shipping this off to. And mm -hmm. I feel like every time I make those types of shipments, I remember like within the same three months of business, I remember uh, loving shipping across the world. But I remember my first order to Fiji, like somebody in Fiji not only saw my business, but wanted to place an order. Like I'm always, my mind is always kind of blown by that reach. And so it's been, it's been beautiful, but at the same time, it's been so, I've learned so much about myself. I think there's something about being an entrepreneur that is a, a mirror. You're forced to look at yourself in a way that you've never probably looked at yourself before and grow and pivot constantly um, so that you can continue to uh, create and create the products the way that they are meant to be received mm -hmm. so it's been a journey <laughs> it's definitely been a journey 
Wow, that's that's phenomenal. And so I want you to talk about, um, so you were working at one point, uh, you were doing this as a passion project that turned into a business, but what what point did you make that decision that, you know what, I'm going to go in full-time on this and I'm going to make this not only my passion project, but also my my, my full-time job in business? So I actually didn't have a choice and mm. I'll, I'll explain why. So as I stated before, at the beginning of the podcast, I'm a single mom. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like you learn certain things, certain restrictions that can come with that. And one of the biggest restrictions for me was learning that summer camp does not last all summer. <laughs> and so <laughs> if you're working and you don't have a bunch of outside help with your child, when mm -hmm. summer camp ends, so does your ability, if you have a small child that cannot be left at home alone, so does your ability to go to work. Mm. And so the la the very last job I had, I got fired from because they wouldn't afford me the two and a half weeks to take time off with my child at home before he went back to school. Mm. So I got fired and I had already built my YouTube platform up, but it wasn't like... Uh, I wasn't getting paid in a way that was going to be like life sustaining. Mm. And I thought to myself, okay, well, now that I'm fired, I'm going to give myself three months to see how much I can invest in this and literally turn this into a full-time job. Well, before it was literally something I did after work. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what happens if I literally build my life around YouTube? How can I grow it? And am I able to get the revenue where it is life sustaining? I can, move and travel and buy food and pay for insurance and da, da 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 And so it was within that time that I experienced my hair loss. Mm -hmm. So I was working for myself full time um, already, but I wasn't um, financially comfortable. And mm -hmm. so while I created this business and didn't think that it was going to be, ever become a full-time job, um, it turned into that and it turned into that with ease. So mm. it wasn't like I had to quit something or leave something, or I was already in a, a position of an entrepreneur, just not a financially successful one <laughs> until the launch of my business. Yeah. Wow. And talk about that too, because I think a lot of people, they have these ideas and the pandemic has showed us nothing else is, you know, people are learning to take back their time and actually pour into something. So talk more so about that uncomfortability moment when it was like, cause I'm sure you probably had times of maybe I should go get another job. Maybe I should, um, you know, I should take this full time. So talk about that in between moment. Oh, being uncomfortable. I do want to I do want to preface this by saying that I was extremely privileged mm. in that I had a roof over my head that I didn't have to pay any bills for. Okay. I was able to get food on my table. Like I was able to buy my own food, but if I was in a position where I couldn't, mm -hmm. I was that was able to be taken care of because my family was making sure I was taken care of and my child was taken care of. Mm -hmm. So, I was never in a position where I was like um, homeless or needed um, government help, but I was in my own right, mm -hmm. broke, extremely broke, 
Mm -hmm. I just had provisions and safety nets in place because of my family that Mm -hmm. I was able to lead a certain life still. Mm -hmm. So I do want to preface that. But it was uncomfortable, but I felt prepared to be uncomfortable. And the reason why I felt prepared to be uncomfortable was because of all of the work I had done on YouTube over the past, like prior to that moment, maybe like year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of I, I spiritual growth in that time. And so I was trusting in God in a way I had never had in my life before. Mm-hmm. And so while it was scary, I felt like I still needed to be focused mm-hmm. and not let that fear override my faith that I'm going to be successful. I'm not thinking these thoughts just to think them. It's because mm-hmm. God has purposed something for me. And so I was like, I, I know right now in this moment, I have to use every single tool I know to use to get to the point where I need to be. So I remember one of the first purchases I, I made after getting fired was a little dry erase calendar from Target. Mm-hmm. And I started um, just writing the months out and I would say, this is where I am on the first of this month. And this is where I'm going to be on the 30th. And literally it was nothing but goal crushing in between that time. It was like every day, every week, I had to reach this goal and make these phone calls or make these moves to get to this goal on the 30th or the 31st. Right. And I started doing that. I would, I was, I would wake up, I would structured my day as if I was still working for someone else, except for I was working for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 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 I'm making, I'm reaching these goals by hook or by crook. I don't care what it takes. Like I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, it, it was that, it was that sense of determination and ambition and of like, there's nothing out of reach for me. Every goal I set, I'm mm-hmm. going to reach it and surpass it. And it was, it was a, a really beautiful moment for me of growth mm-hmm. because it taught me that not only can I have desires in my heart, I can manifest them into tangible things mm-hmm. and being able to see, I don't, it, 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 whether it was, um, I'm going to create a video because that was my focus initially. I'm going to create a video and I'm going to the best of my ability, use all my tools. So at the time YouTube was doing things like if you're a creator and you're trying to grow your audience, these are things that you can use. So I used all of those tools. Mm -hmm. I was like, I had it down to the science. I'm using these tools. And I already knew that I like, I had the talent there to make videos a certain way that were appealing to people. Um, and so those things only helped the growth of my channel at the mm-hmm. time. And then I had like personal, I had like some, some, uh, debt from school. I was like, by the end of this month, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. I'm going to pay off this bill, mm-hmm. get out of this debt. And things just kept ticking and ticking and mm-hmm. ticking. And I think it really was just, it was those monthly goals for me, honestly, mm-hmm. just taking the year month by month. Mm-hmm. and breaking it down to week by week and day by day that helped me get to uh, where I needed to be. And you know, it's funny because I think back to, I, I remember when, um, I think it was early on when I met you um, and my fiance, uh, well, not my wife, but my fiance at the time, she was like, yo, Nia's actually really popping. Like she got her business going. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. She was like, no, like she's popping. And I must have went on YouTube and looked up like one of your videos. And there were literally like over a million views. I was like, oh, wow, Nia's <laughs> like that. And so talk about what that instance was like seeing for the first time being able to see that, that over a million people have witnessed something that you created. Oh, my goodness. That that to me was surreal because I think we all, I don't care what space you're in. If you are a budding tech mogul, if you're an author, you always kind of look at people who've come before mm -hmm. and have done what you want to do and they did it really well. There's always some type of inspiration. And so I, I, I know for a fact there were channels where I remember thinking, they could just drop a video about them scratching their feet and they got 15 million views. Like, how are they doing this? How is this happening? And I was like, I, I feel like I put so much work into creating a lot of videos that some to me by my standards didn't do great. And I'm like, this, this people don't see the work behind this. Um, and my first video to reach a million views was not even in the lane that I started YouTube with. It was a nail a nail video because like mm -hmm. I like while my focus was natural hair I would sometimes do like makeup or nails or whatever and so I remember being shocked like I just put this out the other day it is over in the I was it was it was a surreal moment but it was also very affirming like I can be what like the people that I guess who mm -hmm. inspire me right mm -hmm. and the people that um I look at and I learn from too and so it was a combination of both of things. I would say surreal and inspiring. And since it's crazy for me, like I remember for, there was like, you know, a moment where it was like one hit a million. And I'm like, I can't wait until like, I look and like, I have like 10 videos that have over millions of views, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm at that point and it's kind of crazy even now. Like I could go to my YouTube page and look and it's crazy to see like, what? I don't know. Like, I, I don't have words for that. I really don't. And I bet the cherry on top is those checks that they cut for those million views too. Okay, Listen. love that too. And I think the other piece of YouTube that I, I love that I initially was looking at it as just like a monthly check. Mm -hmm. What I did not look at it as and really wasn't aware at the time because I didn't know this term was that it's residual income. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting paid for videos I made when I was 24, 25 that be paying my bills today. Mm. And I never, ever would have thought that to myself. Back then, I was in financial survival mode. So I'm just like, can this just make sure I could feed myself and my child? Like, that was it. Mm. Not thinking future-oriented where I'm like, will this one day pay for all of my utilities? Never, never thought. And now I don't have to work for it. I only put in that work one time. And it's mm. every month paying for those things. So I learned the, the value of having streams of residual income because of YouTube. Wow. Wow. And so when you think about, you know, Nia, Hope and Co, where does it, where does it go from here? Whew. That is, that is the, the question of the year for me. It's a very loaded question because I have struggled with figuring out how to scale my business. Mm -hmm. I know that there are routes available to me to scale, mm -hmm. but the actual execution of making it happen has been a thorn in my side in part because to my detriment, I'm hyper independent. Mm 
-hmm. And so learning how to outsource a lot of the things that can be outsourced. Like I could have a virtual customer service person. Mm -hmm. I don't need to spend hours emailing back and forth with people, mm -hmm. but I still do it. Um, and it's taken me time because I am hesitant to outsource certain things to bring in the tools needed to even attempt to make that happen. So mm -hmm. I've at least made that step this year of working towards, I actually have two people that I'm going to start integrating um, into my business to help me with customer service specifically, because it is something that I can outsource and it can be virtual. And that's really simple. But what really comes down to is having a team. Mm. If I'm every month right now, I've capped it as I don't do more than 1500 bottles a month, because that's mm -hmm. what I've learned from myself. Really. I, I want to say a thousand. A lot of time I only put a thousand up because I know that if I have no help that month, I know that I can pace myself to create all of those bottles package and ship them on my own. Mm -hmm. Now it's beautiful. When I do have help, one of my favorite employees is my mama where I could call her and say, Hey mom, you got five hours. I need you. And if she's free, she can come in and help. Mm -hmm. um, there was a point in time where I had interns that were incredibly helpful, but I don't have consistent help. And I know that in order to scale my business in the way that I need to, I need a team. Mm -hmm. it's really that simple and it's a combination of having a team in place and then um manufacturing and so a lot of things even with like getting on amazon in order to sell on amazon they have um, minimum requirements so it's mm -hmm. not like i can just send them five bottles of serum no they want five thousand for me to just have five thousand send to amazon and still be selling myself i need help to do that mm -hmm. and so it's it's that is where I am now and trying to figure that out and getting out of my own way to make it happen mm. is really where I am now. So I really do see my business um, growing. I have some new products coming out this fall, winter, which I am very, very, very excited about. It's something that I've been actually working on and creating for the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really fun that it's like finally about to, it's like, it's, it really does feel like, uh, uh, like an incubation period or like, you know, I've been growing a baby and I'm about to unleash it on the world and I want people to like accept it and love it. So I, I'm extremely excited, but also nervous about those launches, but it's things that have been in my mind, in my notebooks mm -hmm. and in just my um, general as I think about scaling and growing my business, because as I said, I only sell one product right now. So I would love to have a product line. Mm -hmm. um, and right now my focus is on treatment. So I don't want just something that smells good. I want something that can cure your eczema. Mm -hmm. I don't want just something that looks cute. I want something that can continue what my mission has essentially turned into is to be a company that can have products that heal something. It helps something, it's a treatment. Mm. And so um, that that's that's where I see my business going, and I'm really excited for this next couple of products that will be coming out, and just seeing people use it. That's what I'm excited about. <laughs> that's amazing. So I think that's a great place to stop. Thank you so much, Nia. This has been a phenomenal episode for all of you who are interested in learning more about Nia. Um, where can they find you? Where can they find your products? So my business page is at Nia Hope 
Co. Um, I'm also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Hope. Those are my two main business pages. My personal pages on Instagram is just Nia Hope. Fantastic. And you can also go to niahopecompany.com and uh, purchase the products from there. Thank you so much, Nia. And this has been another episode of the Voices of Black Folk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and really took something from it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe, like, and share this episode. Our goal on this podcast is to highlight and give a voice to the Black community by bringing phenomenal individuals who are creating and charting paths toward greatness. And through your support, we can continue to change lives. Thanks again, and don't miss the next episode of the Voices of Black Folk podcast. I'm your host, Will Anyu.